Hear now the word of the Lord is found from the prophet Isaiah, the ninth chapter. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. He has enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have scattered the yoke of the burdens that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of the government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and ever in his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and evermore. The zeal, the Lord Almighty, will accomplish this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, brother. Thank you all again for coming out. Uh, I mean, really, that you could be saying, well, I'll tune in online or I'll, I'll just stay at home. It's too cold. You know, I, I don't want to get out and be amongst all that. But you did come. And I, I want to thank again those who are tuning in online because we have every reason to make every effort to get here on a night like this because we come to celebrate the greatest news that has ever been proclaimed. God has become human. Love has become enfleshed. Our darkness has been taken away by the light who has come to us in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being born in a manger. And no matter where we find ourselves in whatever cow barn of life that might be, a light will shine forth in it. Because Christ has come. We've been preaching throughout the season of Advent. If you uh, haven't seen those, we invite you to tune in uh, on our webpage or on our, our YouTube channel. You can catch up on some of the things that we've been talking about. But we, we've shared all along how Isaiah was speaking to a people that were going through difficult times because there's this great nation above them, Assyria, that was invading and taking over the northern kingdom, threatening the southern kingdom. Uh, there were people there that were looking for signs in the stars. And, and Isaiah said, look, look around you, the ordinary stuff, like this baby being born. That's a, a sign of hope. That's what, that's what we shared about last week. And today, he talks about is people that are caught in darkness are going to see a great light. The time frame is around 730 B.C., something like that. And it's a time Isaiah is speaking about when the northern kingdom is losing its territory to, to this great nation of Assyria, this empire that was taking over everything. And the kingdoms are, or the areas around Galilee, Naphtali, and Zebulun had been conquered and it was a sign uh, to, to everybody that Israel was falling and Judah may be next. And, and he, the people there were scared and worried and afraid what was going to happen. And Isaiah is saying to them, well, there's going to be a come a time. There's going to come a time when Zebulun and Naphtali were going to be places of hope where someone's going to come and rule and help those people who are on this highway of darkness to be walking in great light. That's why in Matthew's gospel, in the fourth chapter, after John the, the Baptist has been put to death, we see that Jesus goes to where? 
Naphtali, in the land of Zebulun, there on the Sea of Galilee, and there on that Sea of Maris, this highway that was a Roman highway that ran by that area, the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. This Jesus has come, this one whose government is on his shoulders. And we call him Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the, the Prince of Peace. You see, Jesus is the one Isaiah was talking about. That one day, in that very region, light is going to come and dispel all darkness. Light is going to come and take away those things that cause us to be burdened and afraid. Well, we know that's kind of what light does, doesn't it? Light, light reveals things. You know, if you've ever been in the dark and, and you see the light come on and, and, you know, it kind of eases your mind a little bit, light can reveal things to us. Throughout the, the time we've been talking through Isaiah, lots of it has been about promise and, and things of hope. But Isaiah also, throughout the great book that has been written, gives word to the people, revealing light to them that these things are not of God that you are doing. He's revealing to them the light of his word that you need to put away your idols. You need to quit oppressing the poor. You need to quit nodding to God when you come to the temple. Then live however the heck you want when you go out into the world. For that's what light does. It reveals problems in the world, in our lives. When the holiness of God comes, it reveals things into, into our own hearts. That's what light does. It shows us things. It shows us things that need to be changed. My wife had surgery this past Wednesday, and I want to thank everybody for your prayers and your support, and lots of people bringing food. I'm going to gain lots of weight, so thank you for that, but, you know, I can loosen my pants, right? But as she was going into the operating room, she said that before she went to La La Land, the one thing she remembered was she was surrounded by light. She was surrounded by all this light. And is it any wonder that they have all this light on her? Because they want to see what they're doing when they're trying to fix a problem. I had a similar incident happen. I was going to a friend of mine who who was a dentist. And uh, that light was shining real bright into my face. And I said, James, you know, you ought to hand out sunglasses when we come to your dentist's office. You know, you could put a little advertising on it. We can leave. We've been here at the Death Ridge Dentist's office. And he said, hey, thank you, funny, huh? I said, yeah, well, you know, ha ha. He said, you want me to see just some of your teeth or all your teeth? Okay, James, I get it. I get it. He is a good friend, and we can joke with each other. But I don't think he was joking about that. He was very serious because he's a very good dentist. Because he wanted to have light to see the problems that are going on in my mouth. And just like light reveals problems in a body or in our mouths, so the light comes into our lives to reveal where we need to change, what differences need to be made, how we are hurting ourselves or someone else. Greg uh, Boyd founded Homeboy Ministries in Los Angeles. It's a, the largest rehabilitation program for gang members in the country, there in Los Angeles. And uh, back in 1986, he, he was assigned there at a, at a parish, and, and Father Boyd said, I, I'm going to bring hope to these young men. And in a devotional I read recently, uh, Father Boyd uh, quotes a homie, he called him, named Leo. And Leo said, I'm going to start trusting 
God's loving constancy hovering over my sorry tail. Now, that's not the word he used. I'll let you all figure out what word he did use. He's a former gang member. And then he said this. I'm going to be fervent in my efforts to desire holiness. Now, wait a minute. This is a gangbanger from L.A. saying these things. I want to be fervent in my efforts for my desire for holiness. He said, you see that constancy of the love of God hovering over him is that light we're talking about. Revealing to him how his life had fallen short. And how that love of God was there transforming him into what God had created him to be. For my friends, the light of Christ has come. And as it says in John's gospel, but some preferred the darkness. Some did not receive the light. Let us not be those people. On this night, when we will receive the representative of the light of Christ through the lighting of candles and passing him out to one and passing that light out to one another, ask God to shine his light in your life. And reveal to your own heart something that may be plainly obvious to you. Some sinfulness, some regret, some anger, some frustration. Something that is burdening you. That's keeping you from experiencing the life that God intends to you as you walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Maybe say, as the psalmist did, reveal to me, Lord, any secret sins So that I may walk in your light. Ask the light to reveal what needs to be healed in your life. What sin, what frustration, what anger, what bitterness, whatever it is. Let the light heal you as it comes into your life tonight. You know, light does something else. Uh, It kind of lifts our spirits, doesn't it? Well, you know, you're outside and it's kind of gloomy and, you know, and all of a sudden here comes the lights coming on. You know, this morning uh, our power was out and, you know, we were kind of depressed about that. It was still dark and even more importantly, the coffee had, couldn't be made. I tell you that, that you know, that, that was a, 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 a time of, of frustration, wasn't it? But when the power came on, the lights came on, our, it raised our spirits, right? Light comes to lift our spirits, to drive out any despair and any fear. For the people to whom Isaiah is originally speaking to, they were very fearful people. The Assyrian army was there before them. There was these oppressors that were coming down to maybe destroy their nation and take away their lives and and send them into captivity. Yet Jesus said, or Isaiah said, the Lord is coming with the light. To take away all your despair. Why? Because unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. And every time I hear those words, whether I just read them in Scripture or I hear them somewhere in the community, I cannot help but think of Handel's Messiah. I cannot help but think of that great piece that Handel wrote, for unto us a child is born. 
The backstory of Handel is this. In 1741, he was aged, depressed, halfway paralyzed, losing his sight. He was broke because he hadn't written anything in a long time and there's no money coming in. And on a late December night, he was going home in the dark there in England and wondering if there's any hope in his life. And as he approached his doorstep, he saw a package there was upon it. He picked up the package, went inside, lit a lamp, opened up the package and began to read. And there's a friend who had given him some words for a sacred oratorio that he wanted Handel to write the music for. And as Handel began to read, he, he began to read these words from the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. He also re- read these words. Surely he has borne our grief. He is not, he's a man not unacquainted with our sorrows. And Isaiah had written about this one who was a wonderful counselor, even in those words in Isaiah 53. And Handel could relate. And he, then he read, Surely my Redeemer lives. And the fire of those words of the light of Christ burned within Handel. And that very night, he began to write the music to this beautiful Messiah And in 24 short days, barely eating, barely sleeping. That's a miracle, y'all, thinking about that. Because the light of God shone in his life through these words that he read. And this music that stirs the souls of people for generations. The first time it was ever heard by King George III. He was so overwhelmed by the Hallelujah Chorus. He could do nothing but stand, which has become the tradition ever since. And y'all, the light that... Handel experience shone down from into his life, 1,741 years. 300 years later, it still shines in our lives. For three weeks ago at ASU, I was there at the music concert. They closed with Handel's Messiah's Hallelujah Chorus, and I was moved to tears, and I was going to start to stand up. My daughter had to grab me, and she said, Dad, look at the program. I said, don't stand. (laughs) But you see, Handel was moved by the light, lifted from his despair, lifted from his fear of the future. What, what did life hold for him? And some of y'all may be at that place right now. Some of y'all are wondering what's life all about. Is there any hope for me in the future? You see your kids around here running around. You're all excited about them for Christmas, but then you wonder, what's the future going to be for them? Well, hear this word. The light has come. And it dispels all fear. First John 4 says, perfect love. You all know it. Cast out all fear. Perfect love has come. Lifting us up from that despair and our hopelessness. So when you receive the light tonight, let it light your life and say, God, take away everything that causes me to despair. Take away everything that causes me to be afraid. Let me walk in your light and the confidence of your love. Finally, we, you know, light guides us. Light does guide us. Now, my mom and dad used to watch a soap opera, The Guiding Light. That was anything but guiding. Uh, if you, 
and Jesus talks about those false guides there in the gospel, in, in Matthew's gospel. And we know there, there are false lights out there. You know, I'm trying to learn some about my new home state. And I was reading about uh, Cape Hatteras and that there used to be pirates off the, off the Cape that back in the same time about Handel's writing the Messiah. And they would put up false lights that would lure ships in, and the ships would get caught on the treacherous shores and in, in the sandbars, and then they would go and raid them and take, take all the cargo. Yeah, there are false lights that try to say, well, this is the way you should go. This is the way you'll find whatever you're seeking after, and we know that everything is false light. It twinkles for a little bit, but it'll soon fade because it's not eternal. There's only one light. There's only one light that has sailed the seas and calmed every storm. There's only one light that has walked along the treacherous highways and taken away every danger. There's only one light that has gone to the other side of eternity and shines that light for us to walk through the curtain of death and be there blazing for us to say, welcome home. That light is Jesus. Amen. And that light has come. Because we people walk in a dark light and sometimes we need something to guide us to life and to hope. There's a, a great pastor named Ron Meal. Some of y'all may have read uh, some of his works. One of the great books is God Works the Night Shift. Y'all, I, I've, I've talked about that book before. And uh, Pastor Meal... Uh, very successful pastor in Oregon, um, started a church with 12 people, grew to 6,000. But during his 30 years of ministry, 23 of those, he was battling leukemia. And in one of his writings, uh, Ron Meal says this, he said, darkness and pain strike even the righteous. Darkness and pain strike even the righteous. And so after uh, 23 years of, of battling leukemia, all the treatments had quit working. So he went uh, for an experimental treatment at a, at a hospital. And it was something that was you know, totally new and, and it's fear-inducing. And he, Ron Meal got up one early morning to go to the hospital to start this experimental treatment that they didn't know what it was going to do to him. And he's, he's there praying, driving in the dark. He heard uh, these words from the Lord. He said, son, my promises are designed for the darkness. My promises are designed for the darkness. And that promise lifted Ryan Meal's heart. Yeah, he succumbed to that cancer after, after a long and hard battle, but he did so Free from fear because the light of Christ guided him on the way. And he said this near the end of his death. He said, I would rather be in the dark with the Lord and his light glimly shining in my life than to be in the darkness and the, of the lights of Las Vegas all around me. If you've ever been to Las Vegas at night, that's a lot of light. Y'all, you see, the light has come to guide you to what Jesus says is my life that's abundant and eternal. And he's come to guide us, to help us walk out of that darkness into his amazing light. So tonight, 
as we come here and receive the light and receive the sacrament of communion, as you're receiving the, the holy meal and receiving that light, you may be saying, God, I need your light to guide me. Hear this word from James 1. If we seek his wisdom, if we seek his light, God is faithful to give us that light if we will not doubt. So seek his light. He'll guide you to places that you thought you'd never go. Me being here is one of those <laughs> examples of that. But it's so glorious, so wonderful. Follow it. Follow that light. So we come this night, this holy night, to receive in so many ways through the lighting of the candles, through the receiving of the bread and the wine, Christ's light in our lives. May it heal you. May it remove all fear and despair from you. And may it guide you to a place that God wants you to go into the coming year. Because he's got something in mind for you and for this church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. O light of light, come. Come shine in the dark places of our lives. Shine to remove all fear, remove all brokenness, remove all sinfulness. Lord, let that light guide us. And not just us as individuals, but Father, your people gathered here, your church. Yes, Boone United Methodist, Lord, but churches all over, Lord, so that we can blaze the light of Christ in the world that will draw all people unto him. We know there's many dark places in this world. We think about what's going on in Ukraine right now. Innocent people being killed. People uh, losing their homes. People having to flee the violence. So many grieving. Lord, somehow shine a light. We think about the homeless people and all over the world, and we think about those in our community. Lord, it was minus 11 degrees here last night, and there were some that were out in the cold. Somehow, Father, let them experience the warmth of your light. May we, your people, provide that. And Lord, someone that's listening here, either online or in this room, needs your light to shine in them. So come, Lord. Come. Let your light shine and remove all fear. Remove all bitterness and hatred. Lord, remove all doubt so that whoever, God, is walking in darkness will see that great light and they will know that they are loved and they have a purpose and that you, Lord, will receive them. Now, God, we come, knowing that we will receive your sign, a sign and symbol of your grace through communion, through the lighting of candles. May these, Lord, be means of your grace to us. All this we ask in the one who came as a babe born in Bethlehem, who hollered much like these precious children are around us right now, and who enables us to confidently come before you in prayer. All this we ask in and through him. Amen.